I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Marie Bray. What a Dumpty Dum. Thank you, Marie. And Dumpty Dum this week is sponsored by Charlotte Moore, who became a new Patreon. Thank you. So if you've had all of that good stuff, this must be Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality lucky drama that is centered on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the Californian beach babe who is Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by the Breton Galette eating person. That is Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen. 
On this episode, we'll hear from Jen Witherspoon, Claire from Clapham, Christopher McKiddy, Christine, also known as Gadget Girl Murdoch, and my fellow Breton Britain from Torquay, Natalie. Plus, we're going to have a tweet of the week from our purple pumpkin, and we have our social media roundup from Stephen Bodum. Now, folks, we need to employ you uh, to go onto our YouTube channel. Quite simply, uh, go onto YouTube, type in Dumpty Dum, and you will see loads of great content which we've amassed over the last two to three years and the other kind of begging and pleading and imploring thing is please go and write us a review now i know it's not the easiest thing in the world to go onto apple itunes and to find how exactly you do that so if you look at the show notes so that all the the gumph that comes underneath the title of the podcast there's going to be a link uh, so you can go onto YouTube and actually watch how it can and should be done. Because I know it's not the easiest thing. So I know a lot of you have actually called and says, I'm actually trying to do it, but I can't find how to do it. So, right, look at the show notes. There's a link right there. Now, uh, we have the Facebook roundup. We're going to welcome new members to our wonderful Facebook group. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge with our Sue, the Queen or Tart. <laughs> Hello lovely people, it's Siri, Queen or Tart on the Twitters and another week in Ambridge and it felt like a much better week on the Archers to me. George got his comeuppance when the turkey poles he bought in the lay-by turned out not to be a rare slow-growing heritage breed but were in fact pheasants. He's going to be at Eddie's beck and call for weeks until he finds a way to get another one over on Eddie. And when did he learn to drive I wonder? Isn't he still like on a stabilisers on his bike? Eddie, in the meantime, got his comeuppance when Jolene and Kenton tried to persuade him they were selling the bull and it might turn into luxury flats, so there would be no pub. They were thankfully pulling his leg over the diary kerfuffle we had last week. They had rumbled him and now he has to buy drinks. That's a proper comeuppance indeed. But Fry beat Joe Grundy from beyond the grave. His soil won a prize at the Flower and Produce Show, even if it was Stella who actually picked up the trophy. Carol Toboggan, Trigoran, whatever she's called, got disqualified and Clary Love won prizes. Pitt was downright rude to Chelsea over getting Rosie's hair cut. She has the subtlety of a newspaper-wrapped house brick. But then she redeemed herself by being a friend to Chelsea and talking about Chelsea's friend's pregnancy in a really calming way. I almost liked her for a moment. Leonard gave Jill a gift of photos from a proper photographer for her 92nd birthday. Is this the only thing that Leonard can't do? And then there was a lot of heavy sighing about who would be in them. Was Beth in or out? Why did he have them take her after Shula pushed off up north? Still, Rosie had nice hair thanks to Chelsea. What was happening with Ben and Beth was the source of much speculation. Ben wanted her to find someone else. Beth wants absolute honesty so that they might survive. We shall see. Leonard also has Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen levels of interior design know-how and stopped Ruth buying the wrong sort of wardrobes. Toby pushed off to the other side of the Midlands, but it might as well be Timbuktu for all the gnashing and wailing. Why is it so difficult for people to drive around in the Midlands unless it's all the people who are hanging around in laybys, flogging poultry and causing mayhem? Joy installed a hot tub. In October? Well, I guess she'll be ready for climate change. The grim-faced assassin of Joy, Helen, complained that Joy and Mick made too much noise late at night. I am glad she was assertive enough to tell Joy, who promptly offered to take the whole thing out again. They seemed to reach a compromise. Helen and Lee got the better of the deal, I think, with pies and such like from Joy's kitchen. 
joy got to be quiet. There will be much quieter evenings in the estate from now on. Well, my lovelies, until next week then, it should be a good one. Mm. I don't know about you, Madame Berto, but it's not often I disagree wildly, vociferously and fundamentally with our Sue, Queen or Tart. But I don't think that was a good week in Ambridge. I don't know about you. It was a very interesting week in many ways, on many levels, but I agree. I think, normally, I think Sue, Sue has been very brave. She's got to put a very good face on it. Um, but there were things that um, happened that were just so inconsistent. Ugh, just irritated the hell out of me sometimes. I was shouting at trees as I walked my dogs. Problems. Isn't that kind of a sign of early onset? Oh, oh bound to be. Bound to be. <laughs> So what? So what? That's life, isn't it? (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Now, um, we had... Dear listener, I'm going to let you into a little bit of a secret. Right. I only thought we had four calls, and two of them were from from RJ and Ambridge Pony Club. So I was about to say at the top of the show, well, Madame Bertoaks, you and and I talking to each other, uh, tell us about the goings-on in the town council of San Juan. And then you said, no, but we have all these other calls. So... Any it slipped in under the radar just before, right. whilst you were having a cup of tea, obviously. Let's have a little bit of Linda answering the phone. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Third Dot in Bedfordshire, in a little village called Clapham. It's our Claire. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Claire from Clapham here. I'm probably a little bit behind the event on this, but I've been really pondering uh, the whole Ben and Chelsea pregnancy thing. And the thing that's been really sticking with me is that Chelsea said she'd not seen Ben between the night that they had sex and the day she told him that she was pregnant. And that's weeks. And in the meantime, during that period of time, we know that Ben went off and got himself checked out at the clinic because he knew he'd had unprotected sex. Chelsea went and took the morning after pill because she knew she'd had unprotected sex. And they both clearly had recognised that this had happened. But they didn't speak to each other about it. And Ben got back together with Beth, but didn't try and square things off or close things off with Chelsea beforehand. I'm just finding all that a bit weird. I mean, Ben's obviously behaviour is slightly out of character to have done it in the first place. I think that's what we're saying, because he's also lovely now. But I just think that's really out of character. Why wouldn't he have at least tried to check in with her and also advised her to go and take some contraception or something? I don't know. Plus, Ben was totally off his face. And I can't help but think that if if it was the other way around and Chelsea had been completely off her face, People would be very critical of Ben for taking advantage. And I haven't heard anyone saying that Chelsea was taking advantage, but you know, it's one way of painting it. And I don't say that it's fair because I think, you know, Chelsea's in a difficult position. I'm glad she's getting some advice now. But still, yeah, anyway, I'm still grappling with this. I'm, is Ben good or not? No, no idea. Keep up the good work. Speak to you soon. Bye. Mm. I think Claire summed up how I feel about it all as well. I I'm finding it very difficult to work out who's good, who's bad, and where it's going. I what thought Claire. I thought Claire was pretty clear. Ben bad. Yeah, mm, yeah. Ben bad, but Chelsea hasn't had any criticism. 
Everybody loves Chelsea, don't they? But you know, and and I think this is the reason why this is so well written because here are two people who um, have been very honest with the fact that they weren't really into the other. It was a one. It was a one. Not even a night thing. It was a one incident thing, and but it opportunist these... shagging. There you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben said he was wasted. Chelsea admitted that he was completely and utterly drunk. But there is this massive consequence to mm. it. I don't think any of them are bad, or any of them are particularly good in this regard. I, I think Ben is doing what many men wouldn't in this situation which is to the best of his abilities trying to face up to it and he mm. he is speaking to the potential mother to the person he he's who he had sex with and he's turned round to his partner and at the earliest possible opportunity has admitted this right? yeah that's I th- true he i has. think that i think we need to recognize that but also he is still a relatively young man and he doesn't know which way he's up at the moment. Ditto um, Chelsea, Chelsea, who yeah. yeah, who we've both said, yes, she's 17, isn't she? She's yeah, 17. she is. Yeah. He's only 20. Yeah. So she isn't even technically an adult. And emotionally, she's a, a few years younger. She's young. She's, she's very, very young. young. She's, I think she's more like 14 she reacts emotionally to absolutely everything. Colette, you know, it sounds like I'm disagreeing with everybody today. You know, I disagreed with, with, with Suey Queen Autart. And I kind of disagree with Claire. And uh, i got big love for Claire for another reason than we do a podcast together. But like yeah, exactly. Don't, like, that is I weird, thought, isn't it? Anyway, mm, so I don't know about you, Madame Berto, but if you've got any more to follow up with now i don't want to say anything else because i've listened to the other calls and i think other people say it better than me although if i made notes whilst listening uh to the omnibus through this morning Mm -hmm. and in fact the first calls i listened to were from jen and she said everything that i'd made notes about apart from one thing about right so uh, i think we should listen to somebody else's call all right so from (laughs) clapham our Claire, we go to uh, to Ireland, and it's Jen Ambridge Pony Club, part one. Greetings, Royfield and Jacqueline. Uh, Jen here. Kind of sorry to do this because I do like the archers, but after all of the the nonsense where we have Ben being acting like no one's ever had a crisis pregnancy before, this week has to be one of the worst weeks ever. I mean, one of the joys of this thing is that it is seventy years old that we've known these characters most of our lives, that they have reference material that writers are meant to keep the characters at least relatively consistent, even if they might have the odd weird diversion. But all of the storylines this week are completely nonsensical and completely ignoring everything that has happened before. Um, for a start, the ridiculous photograph and uh, Leonard being all upset that Beth's not in it, They did it the week after Shula left. Jill's own daughter wasn't in it. Dan was back. Jill's grandchild. Nobody's particularly bothered that either Shula nor nor Dan are in it. And of course, Mariel's not going to come back. They didn't even mention that Mariel couldn't be in it. So that's all just total nonsense. Then we have 
Eddie and Julie and my god was that all dragged out and I don't think it's over yet unfortunately Eddie and Julian used to carry on and Clary was well aware of it I mean I don't think they did anything but Clary certainly were and there was a lot of flirting and who knows they were in a band together all of that I mean just nonsensical and then George George as a kid when he was silent and it seemed to be a nice kid he went round the birds with Will all the time and he was even on one notable occasion take, taught how to go poaching by Eddie. No way would he not know what a pheasant was. Oh, there you go. That That's the end of part one on Jen, um, Ambridge Pony Club. And because I only thought we had four calls, I, I deliberately left it in, in two parts, thinking that we, we, we need to fill dead air, so to speak. I, I don't know one end of a pheasant from another. But then again, I was born in the city, born in the on the mean streets of Birmingham, which really is the which is the, the suburban streets of Birmingham. And about, it's about as far as you can get from a pheasant as possible. Oh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> and our Barrett box estate, you know, there's no such thing as pheasants or, or wildlife and whatever. The odd occasional fox, maybe. Uh, but anyway, I would have thought George would yeah. have known a pheasant from a turkey. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, uh, it was just so. So typical, we're just poor, really. Ignored everything about his childhood and his upbringing. And then the other thing, you know, if he was sold slow-growing turkeys, no, you need them quickly to grow because it's for Christmas. Yeah, but it was all about the heritage stuff. It was kind of a bit of a thumbing the nose at food snobbery and uh, slow food and things that uh, people feel very important, people who've got Mm. the money to spend on You know, and there are only fifteen birds for goodness' sake. You can make a stew with them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing which I did note, and I don't know if this is just me, who the glass is always half full, but George seemed to make relative amends afterwards by doing really well with the construction yeah, of the coop. Didn't I agree. He, he, showed, he proved Eddie, that he had a bit of an input into it. Yeah. And actually, you know, he realised he'd messed up and he was doing a good job, right? So yeah, maybe, was. you know, maybe George isn't quite the wrong one that we think. Yeah, no, because I bet he's been, <laughs> Eddie's behaviour with him, just colluding with him, mm. you know, doing blackmail on your own uh, grandson to get him to run at his beck and call. Oh, God, so irritating. Eddie's kind of fallen out of our good graces recently, hasn't he? It has, because he was being so grown up for such a long time. I mean, he's an elderly man now, for goodness sake. We've all mm. got to face up to being good at one point or other. I think maybe what what they're setting us up for here is the Eddie and Joe show part two, isn't it? Because he can't be that with his two sons. You're right, yeah. It's, it so it's going to be him and his grandson, their little schemes, and, yeah. you know, the little ne'er-do-wellery, you know. Yeah, that's they're taking they're over, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 you're right. They are setting us all up for it. But for me, there's something about George and the way he's ready to manipulate situations because with his other granny, Susan, um, yeah, I just feel there's something extra evil being written in about him. Now, yeah. now you see. Now I'm wildly disagreeing with you because I'm going the, the other way because of the way <laughs> that he made that coop. And Eddie says, "Fair play, done really well there." And he put his mm. back into it because George has always been about cutting corners, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, you're right. 
God, you're, I've said you're right three times, Royfield. I think you'll find I'm always right. I'm a bit infallible, like popes of old can never be wrong. All right, fine. I'm glad you told me that. I must write that <laughs> on every page of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what else did, did Jen say at the start? Because um, the photo oh, stuff yes. was God. Mm. I, I mean, that was a big thing with Beth and the big fuss about it. And I thought Ben was going to tell Granny um, Jill about mm. why it was all about. So I thought it was going because we've always said, you know, the, the, this great relationship. That didn't happen. So I thought that's what they were setting it up for. But, you know, there's so many people missing. Shula. We didn't hear about Elizabeth going over on the day either. (sighs) No, sorry. You know what? Jen was spot on and you're spot on. She was. That one of the things which there used to be, and I forget her name now, and... um, but I'm going to remember it for next week. But they, they used to be a continuity person who was employed by the archers. And she did that job all by herself for years. And when she mm-hmm. retired, I think she retired since we started doing Dumpty Dum. They've never yeah. filled her post. Yeah. And I think this is where she comes into her own. Because she knew everybody's birthdays, she knew every kind of familial connection, who had had yeah. an affair with who, who kissed who when they were teenagers, etc. So things like this, she would have said, oh, you're missing this person or that person. Mm. So hence the writer goes, oh, yes, we need Jill to say, oh, wouldn't it be a shame? Isn't it, isn't it sad that Muriel isn't with us? It's little yeah. things like that. Yeah, it is. There's little, con- as you say, it's continuity, but it's about people, isn't it? And getting all those connections and who did what and who said what to who that we as a hive mind, uh, the fans, mm. Mm. Uh, remember these little things and we pick up on them. And then, but some, there's nobody at Archers HQ that's doing that at the moment. And so, and I think it's difficult. It must be very difficult for the writers because they go down a line and think, oh, well, I'll put that, that, and that in. And then everybody screeches at them. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Jen, uh, I think you're spot on. And and again, you know, just just to reiterate the point, because Shula has just left and they're having a family photo, you'd think somebody says, oh, isn't it a shame that Shula can't be? You just, just like a throwaway line. It's all it needed. It's all it needed. Exactly, exactly. Or why didn't Shula go to the photographer last week with Dan and then it could be all photoshopped into uh, a mass photo? Technology, mate. Technology. We're good at that. True that. True that. <laughs> My dad has, I call it a Frankenstein photo, which is a Noah christening. So it's me, Noah, my dad, and my grandma, his mum. Oh, wow. My dad's mum, uh, all together. And my dad has added so many members of the family in various <laughs> states of bad photoshop to it. it looks like it looks ridiculous it's ridiculous it's such a frankenstein family <laughs> photo it's like that he did the first one and he got somebody to do it and he, and, and it looked really convincing he put his dad my granddad in it he got carried away with himself all manner of old great grandmother <laughs> grandfather have been added to this picture and looks bizarre anyway anyway moving swiftly on jen that was your part one now let's go to nat Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Natalie from Torquay here. It's been a while, as I don't think I've called in since P&Q. First of all, I want to say hello to Jacqueline as a fellow Breton Britain. My mum lives in Sanguino, and I actually ate some galettes from Plissala today, French from the freezer. 
It was lush with some lovely Val-de-Rance cider. Anyway, back to my call. I just want to say that things are really hard for Beth. I think we can all sympathize with Chessie and Ben, but from Beth's point of view, it's all a bloody mess. No one's prepared for that situation and she just needs to cling on to what her and Ben have. I wonder what Chelsea's visit to the doctor will bring. In terms of drama value, it could be anything from her not actually being pregnant to her having an ectopic pregnancy to her finally deciding what to do when things are presented factually for her without her mum being on her back all the bloody time. That Tracy really makes the rod for her own back, doesn't she? She's as subtle as backpipes in the morning. Those are only accepted on the ferry over to Brittany to signal the beginning of my holidays in my world. Anyway, that's all from now. Talk to you soonish and hello, Royfield. Bye. Oh, hello, Natalie. So, so did you say her mum was also from Sanguen? No, Sanguenu. Oh, Sanguenu okay. is about 30 minutes drive from here, but it's on. Uh, it's in, in the same department, uh, Cote d'Amour, as I am in. So mm-hmm. not very far away. So that's why I put in the script about the Breton eating, galette eating. Now I understand it. Now I understand <laughs> it. Uh, so, so what else uh, did our um, Gallic uh, resident of Torquay ruminate over? I agree with her. I liked her speculation about the what the visit to the doctors will have brought up. So she's mm. saying, mm, mm. is there a problem? Is there going to be a problem? Is she really pregnant? Good speculation. I don't know the answer. Wait and see. True that. I know that people are kind of like counting the weeks, aren't they? Because, the you know, with each passing day, it's mm. harder to be fully in control of making a decision. A decision is going to be made for you if she is pregnant. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's important that she goes to the docks uh, sooner, sooner rather than later. I think that was significant this week. Yeah. You know, the the conversation with Pip and uh, Pip saying, well, uh, what, what she said, so much so that when she goes home, she does say, okay, so let's go see someone, you know. Yeah midwife doctor. yeah it was good i mean it's not often i'd say anything about pip is good but i did feel that that conversation was about the friend was mm. gentle and um pushed her towards making a decision about at least talking to some health protect professional thank god <laughs> absolutely and um and thank you for the the kind welcome uh natalie it, it's good to be back quite like uh, doing it with, with Jacqueline she's awesome All right so um that is um Natalie uh, we've had Jen part one we've had Claire from Clapham who are violently and fundamentally and ideologically disagreed with why don't we go to the upper lower east west side and it's time for some spoons it's Mr. Witherspoon hey it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Roy Field, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Woodspoon and Angus Haggis here. It was one of those weeks where I felt a bit out of sync with the goings-on in Ambridge. Why all the interest in David and Ruth redoing a bedroom? To literally show what 60-year-olds do with an empty nest? Is this the beginning of a storyline in which a mysterious stranger arrives at Brookfield? Ah, the endless possibilities of that storyline. Next, I was surprised that Clary was going along with Eddie's latest scam, especially since it involved her. Usually, she's good at drawing a line in the sand. At least we know with Eddie that no bad deed of his goes unrevealed, and Eddie eventually has to make his apologies, as he did this week. Speaking of Eddie... That leads us to grandparents and their grandkids. It's nice to see such strong cross-generational relationships in Ambridge. It's not nice to see one grandparent blackmailing his grandson and making him his servant, like Eddie is doing with George. With a role model like that, George's chances of turning into a good adult are pretty small. The other grandparent-grandchild relationship we visited this week was Jill and Ben. As Jacqueline mentioned last time, we've seen theirs grow since Ben was a boy helping Jill with the bees. I found the whole photography scene with them, Beth, and Leonard a bit awkward, but perhaps a setup to Ben confessing to his grandmother about the pregnancy. How will she react? Will she be angry, warm and supportive, sympathetic to Beth, to Chelsea? Will Ben be moving back into his bedroom? See, I pulled these two minutes all together. Talk to you soon. He's so good, isn't he, our Mr. Spoon? He is excellent, yeah. But he was that was somebody else. See, I'd made that note before listening to the calls this evening about, yeah, don't like Eddie doing this thing, as I already said. And um, the, was, was the photo thing about Ben being able to talk to Jill and telling him, her about the situation. So mm. um, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist or plumber. But uh, with a spoon is <laughs> thinking about it. Since Ben has found out, we've had what two scenes, maybe even three scenes, with him and his grandma, and we know they're so yeah. close. Leads me to believe that yes, part of Ben's kind of internal angst is the fact that should he tell grandma type of thing? Because there's no scenes with Ben and David and Ruth, right? Any hardly ever, hardly ever. But what? No those scenes with Ruth this week? Didn't you think she was a bit odd? Um, no more odd than normal. There's <laughs> 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 so something a bit fishy about the way her and Leonard were talking about Jill. Didn't like it. It made me feel like they were kind of 
talking about her behind her back. No, no. no? Though I like Leonard. Do not get yeah. me wrong. No, right. I like but I Leonard. think he's a plot device to calm waters. That's the Definitely. only reason why you have Leonard in any scene. Mm. You know, and, and and also just to be um Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. And he is, isn't he? Yeah. But like, who is Leonard? Apart <laughs> from Tom Riddlesworth's dad. That's who he is, isn't he? Yeah. But <laughs> in terms of the the universe of the archers, who is he? <laughs> no. He's, like, he's a he's a blow in. <laughs> you know, he like he does have a daughter. Oh dear! Don't bring things up that we, See, we don't even know. I know, know he's a widower. Married. Uh, yeah, he's a yeah. widower, and they met. Jill and him met at the Laurels because his wife was in the Laurels. You, you're you're out remembering me there. I know they've met in the last four years. Oh, I might have made that so. up, Roy Fields. Well. I, I know that very obviously they met because otherwise they wouldn't be yeah. carrying on, but they're not carrying on. Being really good friends, shall we? Yeah. Confidants, companions. There you go. Right. But he's completely and utterly put his own rest of his life completely to one side. He doesn't yeah. talk about, he doesn't say, I'm, I'm going around to my mate Pat's house to do no. something or hanging out with Martin or whatever. Or it's just like, like him. I love him. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't, don't know where he fits but, in, do we? Mm, it's a plot device. Not a character. It's a plot device. Now, uh, we are four calls in. So the best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And uh, you'll also find a link in the show notes. Please don't forget that we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. There's no maximum age limit though. (laughs) We are the people's podcast, so we need your contribution to make this podcast fly. There are three things you can do first first of all. If you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast you listen to us on. Give us a five-star review, and that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, five-star reviews are awesome. They're even a little bit more awesomer if they are done via Apple Podcasts. And uh, in the show notes is a link as to how that can be done. Now, finally, and the third thing is that you can consider becoming a Patreon and we had not one but two new patrons this week. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Patreon is a way of tipping creators, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com and search for Dumpty Dum, we'll be chuffed to bits to have your support. And our new patron this week, we're going to say it again, is Charlotte Moore. She's awesome. Thank you for that, Charlotte. Now, before we go back to our calls, don't forget, you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing the sound of your own voice, we're going on to dumdidum.com and hitting the Contact Us tab. So back to caller in us. And uh, we've had Witherspoon. Uh, now let's go to um, Gadget Girly. Oh, Jacqueline and Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers. Gadget Girly here, also known as Christine Murdoch. When I read the question on Twitter, does anyone like Helen? I hadn't yet listened to Friday's episode. Oh, 
my days. Does she realise how selfish she is being? Okay to ask Joy to keep things quiet on a school night. However, as has already been said, Joy is inflicted with grime and drumming. Of course, we all had sympathy for Helen during the Rob years. However, not too long after they met, she did know he was married. He even had her cater for a titular party, I seem to remember. Surely that should have set alarm bells ringing that he was a bit of a control freak. Yes, I have sympathy for Helen, but I don't think I would be sharing a bottle of wine with her in the bull. On another note entirely, well done, Pip. Oh, well, we've uh, most definitely and utterly bigged pick, Pip up, haven't we, for the conversation that she had with Chelsea. But, yeah, you know, at the what? end of the week, but at mm. the beginning of the week, it could have slapped her. Mm. <sighs> no, didn't like the haircut business. Well, the haircut business, I'm going to put that to one side, right? Because I think what I heard was a very busy mother who's rushing from one thing to another, who has um, a small child with them and was just trying to like hand over this child so they could have the haircut. So I put, so that's all I'm going to say about that. And she came over as a little bit brusque. You're pulling some very funny faces right now. I think you're talking a little rubbish or you feel sorry. Well, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be my most generous. That is a very generous. That is extremely generous of you about Pip. Now she came across <laughs> as entitled, and everybody jump. You know, poor Chelsea. I mean, I know she doesn't know that Chelsea's pregnant, but she's been working at Lower Loxley. If she finishes at half two, I'll be round at three. I, I you know, I'm just I know. I, I just think Pip came across as very entitled, and also, what mm-hmm. kind of mother is Pip? I'm sorry. I mean, I have had awkward children in my life, but not being able to get her out of the car, you just take them out of the car, don't you? She's only, oh, she's a big child, though, isn't she? Maybe she's too heavy for a woman to, to pull out. Oh, dear. It makes me think that, in fact, on my notes that I've written, is Roy, Rosie spoiled? Well, I I, th- I think so. And, and Jill had been indulging, hasn't she? That's the reason why she's the size that she is, because yeah, great-grandma... Yeah, and it's been very much a big thing this week, hasn't it, that, that Rosie mm-hmm. is their angel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so maybe she's a little overindulged, but maybe I'm an old-fashioned mum. I would have been very cross if my child refused to get out of the You're one of these kind before. of stern Victorian disciplinarian type of parents. Yeah, that's me, Rife. That's definitely me. <laughs> Um, hello, everybody. It's uh, Christopher here. Before I start, I want to respond to Royfield's claim when I called in previously. That because I live near a beach in Scotland, that means I'm on some godforsaken, windswept, grey, dismal rock overlooking the, the North Sea. <laughs> um, where actually, we, we, where I live, we get more sunshine than anywhere else in the UK, which is admittedly is, is not the the, the, the greatest of claims. Um, I want to speak a little bit about Chelsea and specifically her noises. Um, she, she communicates a lot through noise rather than words and she has one particular noise that she makes and she uses it to convey a variety of emotions. It could be embarrassment or um, pleasure or uh, sadness and it, it's, it sounds like mm. no, that's not it. It's uh, mm. 
I'm not sure. I don't think I can do it. It's hugely endearing. And Chelsea's like that. Just when you think you can't find her any more irritating, she brings you back in and makes you love her again. So I think that's what makes her such a great character. Um, I have real concerns about George. Um, George is a wrong one, okay? And that's okay. But I, I think that he is going to go beyond... I think look, the problem is, is George is smart. And I think that is going to take him beyond the realm of bag snatching and holding up a post office. I think he has his mind on on higher things. And I think that, that in the future, people will get badly hurt because of that. I hope I'm wrong. But um, although my, my notion of his intelligence may slightly be hampered by the fact that you can't tell the difference between a, a pheasant and a turkey, <laughs> but never mind. Cheerio. <laughs> He's not wrong about the sounds that Chelsea makes. He's no, not wrong not. at all. No, not at all. Well, that's one of the reasons I think that, as you said earlier, that she's a bit of a um, a young teenager because she hasn't learned to control all that uh, kind of guffawing mm. and whatever. I liked Christopher's attempts at repeating, though. I've worked out they must live in Aberdeen. Just because somewhere's sunny doesn't mean it's warm at all, does it? Now it says, no, it doesn't at all, <laughs> mm. because here today it's been beautifully sunny and 19 degrees, and uh, in the south of France it's like 25 degrees but raining. So, mm. And like the Arctic Circle gets like six months' worth of sun. And it's very cold because it's Arctic, isn't it? Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> so ditto, Scotland's sun, it's still cold and it's still fundamentally grey, just saying. Well, the Granite City, isn't it, Aberdeen? So Absolutely. Very yes. grey. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's the seaside. Yes. We've narrowed it down now. So when I'm on my next world's tour of the uh, United Kingdom, I'll be able to come and listen to people talking in Aberdeen because I like their voices. I thought you were going to say you're going to go up there and pay Christopher a visit. Well, no, I don't suppose I would ever. I've never managed to meet up with anybody, have I? Well, I have. I've met up with a few dumdy dummers, but only that's just because I happen to be here. Never mind, I might meet up with Natalie one day if she comes to visit her mum. Oh, that'd be lovely. And, and just just, nice. just whilst we're on the, um, on, the, on, on the thought of meeting up, um, a few weeks ago I said, you know, we should do something for 2023. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a lovely thread on that, isn't there, on, on the Facebook yeah, page. People saying, I, I'm in, I'm, I'm free, I'm free, I, I can make it, whatever. So as soon as plans start to solidify, uh, good listener, we will uh, let you know. Uh, so that's that. That's uh, Christopher. I think the last person to go to is Jen. It's her part two. Helen Archer is... Ugh. Just had to ring in and say that. I, I really don't like Helen. She's not my favourite character at the best of times. Can't stand her uh, complete lack of empathy for anybody else. The way she treats Clary, the way she treats Susan. I think she's the most god-awful, middle-class, performance, parenting. Anyway, this week confirmed my prejudice. Um, how she behaved over Joy was... Absolutely disgusting. They have two kids learning to play the drums in the house. Plus Lee practicing. Plus Helen shrieking, Henry, at all hours. And they dare to get a bit upset when the poor woman gets a life and gets a, a hot tub. Oh my goodness. Um, yes, not good. Also not good this week, Ben. 
When Ben said, yeah, um, I'd like you to go around and see her, I assumed that meant Chelsea, not Beth. For goodness sake, there's poor Chelsea going through like this terrible trauma, physical, mental, emotional, um, can't walk away from her bad choice like Ben can. And he sends Josh around to see if poor old Beth is all right. Good God. Would somebody please give Ben a good kick up the arse and tell him if he's big enough and ugly enough to get involved in that kind of thing, he's big enough and ugly enough to go around and be some sort of use and support and take her to the midwife. That's all. Great week on the archers. Cheers. Oh, God, Helen. Oh, God. Suck the joy out of joy. Oh, yes. I was like, what am I listening to here? Yeah. You play the drums. The most antisocial of all instruments is the drums. The only thing more antisocial than that is the violin when someone's learning and can't play it. That (laughs) is dreadful. That is awful. Although uh, one of my children learnt the harp. I'll tell you what, that is very, very difficult to uh, listen to at the beginning. And it's bloody heavy to move around as well. (laughs) They can't even do it by themselves. So, no, uh, awful. About Helen, honestly, she was... Helen, yeah, and in fact, um, uh, Gadget Girly there mentioned the, the the question that was asked. I think it was actually asked by uh, Jen from Ambridge Pony Club. Mm-hmm. And the, the string was enormous. It was long of people making comments, and I agree with them entirely. I, mean, I think Jen talks about it in her second call, but oh, oh dear. Right. right. But you know what? Last thing I'll say, drums are bloody antisocial, right? And grime, you have to really be sympathetic to your neighbours playing grime at inappropriate times. That is not at all a sociable type of music and one which doesn't cross generations and cultures very easily. It sounds like unadulterated noise. And that's coming from somebody who's kind of adjacent to that culture. Yes, well... um... I had a child home with me this week and I happened to be listening as we were uh, getting ready to go out for a walk. I was waiting for her to uh, come down and get shoes on and I was listening to catching up on the previous evening's archers and she said, why would the child be listening to that out loud at eight o'clock in the morning? It would have headphones on for goodness sake. You're not wrong, are you? <laughs> you <laughs> and your me? granddaughter em- are Emily. not wrong. <laughs> No, exactly. No child listens to music out loud in their room anymore. They've all got headphones on. Don't share oh music with anyone. Yeah, I think they, they were, the scriptwriters missed a modern trick there. <laughs> they didn't need to put the grime in because you know, you can't listen to the drums with headphones. Even that, you actually can. If it's an electric can, drum yeah. set, you can. Yeah. No, we've got a drum set here, and I never hear it being played, but it's played quite often. There you go. Right. Okay. Yeah, they have the headphones on, pianos, everything. They've all got headphones nowadays, you know. You don't have to share your things. Although I can't imagine uh, Joy and um, Mike in or Mick in the hot tub with headphones on. They have the sound system, they have the giggles, they have the bubbles. Oh, God, mm-hmm. let them enjoy themselves. Exactly. Them. It's going to be deep midwinter in about a week's time, so... <laughs> <laughs> And then they won't be able to afford the electric to heat the... the well, I did think that. <laughs> you know, that 
the whole thing about <laughs> the um, getting the hot tub flies in the face of the cost of living crisis. You <laughs> it know, does <laughs> it really does. It was, but don't forget, the script was probably written five or six months ago before oh. we realised the impact of the cost of living crisis. But also, the water. Well, I mean, we've got friends here who've got hot tubs, but because you can't top anything up because of the drought. We're still mm-hmm. on water shortage measures, strict, strict shortage measures, so um, you can't fill it up with water or anything. So, Other than the Prosecco flowing, a bit of Barry Manilow with the playing out loud, you know, what else is going on in that hot tub? What do you reckon? Oh, God, Can, I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> Sex soup. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of hot tubs anyway, because I don't like that thing or that idea of people's body juices mixing. I beg hot, your pardon? Sitting, you know, everything from your body flows out into the water, dead, dead skin cells, etc., and then they sit in warm water mm. and you sit in it. Nah, mm. sorry, I'm not a hot tub kind of girl. I'm a cold dip in the lake kind of girl. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what else? The whole Ben, if you're big enough uh, to get yourself in that situation, if he'd have gone round there and says, "I'll go with you to the to the dock, to the midwife, to who to whoever," she wouldn't have gone with him. She needed to have the conversation with Pip, didn't she? She she's had to come to this at her own time in her own at her own speed surely well, yeah i think she has i mean it's been very frustrating for us because most mm. of us are screaming at the radio or the phone or whatever saying oh, for goodness sake go see health professional get it talk, sorted talk to someone mm. get rid or whatever she's been in her own little quandary filled world hasn't she and mm. i don't think ben going and talking to her and saying let's go in and look in find out about this together would have helped Anyone. Yeah. She wouldn't have done it. And Ben is going to say he's in an impossible position. It's not quite impossible, but it's incredibly fraught and it's incredibly tricky. And he is in love yeah. with with Beth. And he doesn't have the life skills, the, the language, the emotional vocabulary to reassure her. And he's just scared, isn't he? You know, understandably so. You know, he's 20, 21. Whatever. And this is where I think, his relationship with his brother is really actually shining through that when we've heard them beforehand you know kind of dismissive as his little brother and josh is in his own entrepreneurial world has taken time to realize how important this relationship is to his brother and to try and act as some level of mediator beth and ben are communicating but they're both raw right now and understandably so and they're living in that small space together and i think this is good on josh and ben he's lucky to have the brother that he has right now yeah he's i just wish that we could have beth uh talking to somebody other than josh because i think she needs somebody to help her um she doesn't appear to have any friends we know Mm. her sister and her have a fraught relationship she can't probably talk to her dad because of what his reaction would be i would just wish she had somebody she could talk to because i think she needs to talk yeah that's very true but but, invariably whoever she's going to speak to is going to say get rid get out of there 
and 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 not without good reason. Yeah, you know, th- this is um, a, a tricky situation. No, and, and frankly, I would I would say the same thing. If she she was mm. my daughter or my niece or my friend's daughter who happened to talk to me, I would say, you know, you're very young. <sighs> Something's happened. Will you ever trust him again? You've already had a blip. Maybe the time to take a break from this relationship and really reflect and go off and do something different, meet other people, and then, you know, maybe later on you'll come back together. Because they've been written into this as the great love thing, but they're Mm. very, very young. I agree, Madame Berto. So that's the end of the caller in Now it's time for email in Madame Berto, what do we have? Nothing that we're going to talk about, I don't think. Normally, after caller in we have email in but we didn't have any. So, moving on from that, it's in red, Madame Berto. Now, it's reviews from Apple iTunes. This week, we had two, and they're both five stars. Hooray! Wonderful. This podcast is a must for any Archers fan. Great to hear the opinions of the caller in I love listening to this as soon as it pops into my podcast library. Thank you. And that's from Heli3456. Thank you, Heli. And we had a second one from Better Together. I love the Archers. I don't have anyone in real life who knows or cares to discuss the show. The podcast is well done, both production and content. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We also had a message wanting to give us a five-star review from Mary Bray. But like me, she can't work out how to do it on Apple iTunes, (laughs) um, which you talked about earlier. Uh, So, um, And actually, you've got to sing this one to Barwick Green, uh, uh, Whitefield. Oh, gosh. The review she sent by email. Okay. What do you think of Dum De Dum? It's my favourite podcast. Do you like the Dum De Dum with Royville and Jacqueline too? Call her in or email in and roundups too. If you like the Dum De Dum, give it a five-star review. Yay! Well done. Not rehearsed at all. Don't you dare cut us out. <laughs> now let's hear from our <laughs> Facebook posse and what they've been talking about on Facebook with our Stephen Bowden. Hello you two, Stephen here with this week's roundup of the conversations on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. We start with Pip and Rosie's haircut. Harry Clark was unimpressed. Having a ten minute conversation with Pip sounds exactly how I'd imagine a conversation with Boris Johnson would go. Self-obsessed is an understatement. And Suzanne Steele agreed. Oh my heavens, can Pip not take no for an answer? Lillian McCarthy added... It's a shame we didn't get to hear what Chelsea said to Rosie to persuade her to get out of the car. But what annoyed me more than anything was that as soon as Chelsea had done what Pip wanted, Pip didn't have time for her after that, and brushed her off when she wanted to ask her a question. Julia Delich saw things differently. Am I mistaken? Or was Pip actually being nice? Mellie McMerryweather agreed. I have to say, to me she gets a bad rap from some listeners. I don't mind her character, sometimes a little shrill but I'm not one to talk, glass houses and all that. And Lillian McCarthy, despite her earlier views, also agreed. She can be nice sometimes. Remember how supportive she was to Stella over her water phobia? The reason for the haircut was so that Rosie would look good in the family photograph that Leonard had organised for Jill's birthday, which raised an interesting question. This family portrait no longer includes Shula. I wonder why? Asked Pierre Kelly. Shirley Farrandansky was thinking along the same lines. 
If the family were all there, I'm wondering why they couldn't delay Shula's departure to Sunderland until after her mum's birthday and the big family photograph session. Or bring her back for a surprise visit, which I was half waiting for. Staying at Brookfield for a bit, there has also been quite a lot of discussion of David and Ruth's plans to offer bed and breakfast. Brookfield to become a B&B? Faulty archers? asked Bill Brown. Leo Horsmeyer provided some historical context. Jill and Phil did B&B years ago. Rickyard has been used as a holiday let too. While Pam DeLay offered a cultural view. Looking at it optimistically, it has to be better than the Bates Motel. Although David dressing up as Jill wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. Leslie Southgate asked a question on everybody's lips. Who's going to cook the breakfast? To which Anne Hutchinson replied, Leonard, is there nothing that he can't do? With things kicking off on the Beechwood estate where Joy has installed a hot tub, Pam DeLay took the part of her next-door neighbour. Hello, 999? Yes, it's Helen. That's Kilo Alpha Romeo Echo November, Helen. Rob Williams saw things the same way. Oh yes, our noise is acceptable, but yours is totally beyond the pale. Julia Delich took a different view. I'm with Lee and Helen on this, and I thought Joy totally overreacted. Why can't they agree she uses the spa, noisily, but only at weekends? But Pam was unconvinced. Only occasion I've really ever been with Helen was when she was stabbing Rob, and even then Clary and Susan could have done the job better. Ouch. Elsewhere, Darcy Jorgensen started a discussion of how George Grundy could possibly have been unable to tell the difference between turkey poults and pheasant chicks. Paul Newman commented on the intensification of Ruth's accent. And Rob Williams guessed, wrongly it turned out, how Jolene would get her revenge on Eddie. She's going to sing, isn't she? Melly McMerryweather posted a link to the most popular baby names in England and Wales last year, which featured a number of Ambridge names. While Oliver has been knocked off the top spot, it remains at number two, with George and Henry also in the top ten for boys, while Lily and Mia are in the top ten girls' names. And finally... Lana Robertson pointed us to the Archers doing Steve Lamack's Round Table on BBC Six Music this coming Thursday. Rex, David and Tracy review the new releases. And with that, I'll return you to the studio. Thank you, Stephen, and thank you to everyone who has posted their thoughts up on the Facebook group uh, this week. And this week we had a load of new members on Facebook, starting with Judith Mazur, Tracy Collins... Helen Davis, Tom Socky, Portia Gray, Carol Hartfree, Michael Weston. Now we are on Twitter under at dumdidum. We always include the at the archers hashtag using a capital T and A so that the visually impaired can enjoy any archers based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet-along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus on a Sunday morning. Please try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweets so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as being at Dumpty Dum on Twitter, Madame Berto, how can you be found? I am at Jberto Sanguen, G-U-E-N. If we're talking about Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. The thread I suggest you take a look at this week was started by our own Ambridge Pony Club at Jen J. Stephen, asking, genuinely curious, does anyone like Helen? 
There were 61 replies at time of recording, with the vast majority listing the numerous reasons why they don't like Helen, and just a smattering of people more moved by sympathy for her life experiences. And so to the medals for this week. In bronze position, it's Dominic Young at Budgie 500 who observes, So, this family photo, Sheila's just gone, Dan was here but I assume was gone, no mention of Elizabeth or her twins, Kenton and Jolene, so the photo is just the Brookfield mob then, with Beth but not Toby. It's all about family. Very weird. In silver, it's James A., at Exeter Dormhouse. Is a protest march worth the effort? Ask BBC Radio 4 analysis later. Meanwhile, on the archers, we ask, is it ever wrong to throw flapjacks at Toby? And in gold, it's John Porter at Pie and a Pint, who says, when I was a local paper reporter, we'd have got a front page and an inside page lead out of the results of a soiled pants competition at the local flower and produce show. Well, that's it from me for this week. See you all again at the next Tweet Along. Thank you, Theo. Thank you, Purple Pumpkin. Uh, Twitter isn't the only social media platform where we can be found. We are also on Instagram, where we are at Dum Dum. So um, if you like a bit of Instagram, do follow us there. Yeah, and thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. Gosh, there you go. Uh, that's been a dum-de-dum for you. I don't know how we've managed to do a whole hour's worth of content there, because strictly speaking, I thought that was a bit of a all week, if I'm being honest with you, in terms of plot lines, we didn't even discuss Eddie uh, and um, Kenton and Jolene and no. Clary's storyline at all. I, for one, am glad that we didn't didn't enjoy the no. arch as much one worth, this week. One worth our time, exactly. No. Uh, but you know I want to say something though about Lee. Mm-hmm. Just one thing. Nobody mentioned Lee. You can and you can cut this all out afterwards. But I found that Lee was a bit peculiar this week, along with you. <laughs> um, he was a bit. He kind of was sarcastic. He kind of. I don't know. There's something about his tone of voice. It isn't the the mild uh, mannered Lee that we're used to. He kind of was a bit snarky around the edges. But maybe it was just me looking too much into it. Let's see what anybody else thinks next week. Was he? snarky around the edges yeah. mm. email Rinnera next week or even call Rinnera next week as let us know your Lee thoughts au revoir yeah. au revoir Mr Brown planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.